about this week i do want to touch on one thing man you need to really look up the dk metcalf versus the shannon sharp all right, was... give me the spark notes on it all right spark notes because it's actually only like four tweets from what i've seen that it was shannon sharp just saying dk metcalf tried to play hero ball he ended up fumbling the ball he shouldn't have done that he should have been smarter dk metcalf then come back and pretty much said you can wipe your ass with your whatever comments that you just said. And then Shannon Sharp just said, well, no matter what you said, that was a dumbass play. DK Metcalf then replied with, whatever you say, wannabe. Wannabe? He said wannabe He's to He's a Shannon Hall of Famer. Sh- like, and everyone was so confused. Why didn't he say something like big tongue, you know? Man, it made no sense, and that's where it ended because Shannon didn't even need to respond. Yeah. It was why K- would you you're right? Say- kids these days are soft. Those that blue hair, hooped earring, pacifier mouthpiece. That's like guys want to be. Why would you ever say he was like keep talking? You're and then he had the crap emoji, and then he said wanna be, and everyone goes okay. Well, you just lost now because then people started posting Shannon Sharp's resume. Which is disgusting. Yeah. It was it was sad because I like DK, but it's like what we talk about. The younger kids need that backhand sometimes, man. What, what's going on? Yeah, for Shannon to still be able to talk after playing football in the era he played football is incredible. Yeah, I agree. Especially he talks about it sometimes too. He talked about a play where he was truly knocked out and he said that he went back on. He doesn't remember the next like 120 seconds, two minutes of the game, he said. I go, that's probably the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. Who You lost a moment in time. That's scary. That's why you practice. So you don't even have to think to play the game because you practice so hard that way. God, what a great just, sport. Your body just, it's so it's funny, too. Auto. It's like all the information came out about, you know, CT and everything else. The players are like, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to keep playing. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, I will say that, I, you know what, I don't get it at this point. Quarterbacks more protected, though. So now I guess they're, they are making the game a little bit safer. So you could say it's helping out a tad bit. Right. Yeah, right? it's better than it used to be, but it doesn't mean it's uh, it's good necessarily. I guess that Will Smith, that concussion movie that he made, truly did help. I, I'm never going to watch that movie. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it either. They should have made it about him. They should have made it about, not a doctor. Who cares about doctors? Yeah, make we it about... We talked about this. They should have made it about a player, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, so this week on Jadavion Clowney Watch... Since the Browns are playing right now, Clowney has zero tackles at the moment. Uh, but Der- Ernest Johnson has seven carries, 59 yards, 8.4 yards in 10, one touchdown. Because you know what's really surprising this year is that Broncos' defense is bad. It's below average. 
They have like the twenty second best defense this year. Are you surprised? Yeah, I thought they would have a top five pass defense, and they're like twenty second. And you and Kyle Fuller's been bad this year. Deontay Johnson scorched him, you know, twice really good. You know, the Raiders lead the NFL in explosive plays over twenty yards right now. And Derek Carr hit him a couple of times uh, down the sideline too in that game. Like they're just having problems staying on top of their routes on the outside. And Sertan's been kind of bad too in man coverage. He gave up a bunch of easy out routes in that Steelers game too, like third and one, third and two that were you know, pivotal pivotal in that one as well. Man, I do gotta ask one thing here, because well, since we're not talking about this team, Derek Carr, is this his last season on the contract? I don't know. All I know is He's been awesome. For me personally, I feel like Vegas needs to pay him Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes money. I feel like Derek Carr is like the savior of this team where no matter what, this man has been able to perform regardless of what's going on. I think he deserves something. He deserves something. I'm uh, I'm bummed out they didn't name Gus Bradley the head coach for their current team. But no, they have Derek Carr until next year. And next year is a cap of $19 million, but then he's a free agent in 2023. Derek Carr only costs you $19 million? Yes, only? his cap hit this year is $22 million. He oh signed a He signed a five-year $125 million extension in 2017. And next mm. year is the last year of it. He, after next year, is going to be paid big money. I think so. I, yeah. After what he's done this season, I can't even believe it. He should be in some MVP talk. Yeah, even with the lesser offensive line, too. But they're leading the NFL in explosive plays this year on plays greater than 20 yards. But so, Clowney this year, three sacks, nine quarterback hits, six tackles for a loss. Uh, we're through six weeks. Hopefully, he gets a sack tonight. I really want to see Clowney get 10 sacks finally for the first time in his career. And you know what I didn't realize, too? Houston, he was number 90. Seattle, he was number 90. Tennessee, he went to number 99. Played three games, got hurt, had zero sacks that year. He's back to number 90 in Cleveland. I guess number 99 is cursed or something for him. Yeah, you know what? That's definitely it more than anything. I think and so. You know what? Now with Cleveland, they're going to be needing him a hell of a lot more with Case Keenum as the quarterback. So we should be seeing some clowny action here, right? The oh, clowny wants to be on high alert. Yeah, that um that Baker game was sad. It was like a fish out of water without his offensive tackles and his running backs. It's like, all right, Baker, be the quarterback to carry this team. You have to do it. You're a first overall pick. Seventeen for you know, thirty four, whatever, hundred and seventy yards. They fell down by three touchdowns. I just there's something off about him. They also yeah. don't have the like the receiving talent necessarily to win in that way. But yeah, he didn't even give them a chance, you know, with them as hurt as they were. You just feel like, though, that with their type of offense, and even with the minimum weapons that they have, for example, if Cleveland gets to Sean Watson's Super Bowl, like you just, and you even went into this season thinking that Cleveland, and I even said, and we've even talked about this, that you would think that Baker would be able to take that next step so Cleveland was able to be that team. But even the first game or whenever they played against Kansas City, it just showed they're still the same team with Baker. Yeah. It's not change. They should trade for Kirk Cousins. I, You know what? And Kirk's I think underrated that, now. We talked about that a few weeks ago. He's underrated. Yeah. And I think that would be more beneficial to him because I feel like Kirk is just going to be so pissed off because he's so scared that it's just going to make him perform well versus Baker, where I think it's just overwhelming for him. Yeah. I just, 
he doesn't he's been like better in the pocket, but it's just things have to be really open for him. And uh, and he can, he's a system quarterback. He's the most system quarterback I've ever seen in the NFL. Those running backs are too good. It's like a lot of people would be good with those guys. Yeah, I think I'd be good with them. That's what I mean. I'll just hand the ball off to Chubb. <laughs> uh, but Chubb's, Chubb's progressing to return. Hunt's on IR. So it's the Ernest Johnson right now is tearing the it's Broncos cute. up. Um, so last week with our picks, I went 3-1. and one. I'm 11-11 overall. Uh, you went 2-2. Two and two. You're 9-12 overall. Insane. You I just even... had to pick the had to pick the Texans. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it was. Well, I was right the week before. I was trying to be the true fan, unlike you, who just goes against your team. I love my team. No, you don't. You hate your team. I bl- I bleed battle red. I think there's a was that an Allen jersey hanging up in the background? Is that what that is? What is that? Is that a James Winston jersey hanging up in the background? It's two different teams you got going on there, Matt. None of them are Houston Texans. Yeah, wake me up in 2027 when they're good again. Oh, my God. It may take five years for them to be. They may have to go through Nick Casario. Not if they trade Deshaun now. Then I will give it three years. Three years. Yeah, they do a good job with that. That's just springboard them being good again. But we already talked about Deshaun. Three Um, years. So this week we have Cincinnati, Baltimore, Kansas City, Tennessee. The The Ravens are six and a half point favorites, by the way. The Chiefs are going to Tennessee. The Chiefs are five and a half point favorites on the road. Houston's going to Arizona. The Cardinals are 17 and a half point favorites at home. New Orleans is playing Seattle. The Seahawks are four and a half point favorites at home or four and a half point underdogs at home. Um, so those are the four games that we have this week. Do you have anything else like you're excited about? You know, Chicago, Tampa Bay, maybe Atlanta, Miami, Jets, Patriots. Are there any other ga- games that are catching your eye at the moment? Yeah, uh, this is a terrible week of football. I'm just gonna say it, man. This is just not my favorite week that I Detroit I've seen Jared Goff revenge game against the Rams. Yeah, that's gonna be great. I think the line that you sent me is about 16 points, 16 and a half. It's 15. Okay, good. That's a lot better. A lot more of a chance there. This this week is awful with games. They Washington, just seem... Green Bay. I hope that ends in what I hope it does. Oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers turning to the crowd and saying, I own you. And Bears fans then saying, yes, I accept that. Oh, my um, God. That sounds a little racist, too, by the way. By the way, I thought he would have been criticized for that. But the problem is you're not allowed to say that to Aaron Rodgers because he has a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Because he, work, he works in Starbucks. Um, so let's kick this off with Bengals-Ravens. So the Cincinnati Bengals are on the road. They're playing the Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals kind of need a signature win here. You know, they lost to Green Bay in overtime. They have beaten the Steelers, you know, after Roethlisberger threw those interceptions. They beat the Lions last week. Um, they just don't really have, like, a big win just yet. And the Ravens have won a couple of close games, so last week they were able to beat the Chargers by three-plus scores thanks to their power-rushing attack against one of the worst-run defenses in football. Um, who do you, and both these teams are, the Bengals are 3-2, and two, the Ravens are 4-1 at the moment as well, too. For me, I actually, and this is not even like a spoiler, I just really like Cincinnati for this game. And I think it's because with, and, and I've been doubting Baltimore all season, I just feel like Cincinnati right now has something going where I agree with you. 
it's like they're aching for that big win because I'm not counting beating the Steelers something that's yeah. really that impressive. It, exactly. It's just I feel like Cincinnati it was a is a big win for them because they never beat the Steelers. It, exactly. But like as far as like talent wise and and being a good team, it doesn't. But it's like a big like moral thing for them, you know. And that does set you forward for the season. It does give you at least something, especially when you're up and coming. I just feel like Cincinnati has kind of both sides of the football working well for them. Yeah. Where for Baltimore with last week, oh my God, I just don't understand the Chargers where you they know have a bad run defense. Well, you, it's like you know what Baltimore's going to be doing. They just, they, just don't, they don't have the talent though for it. And they play those two high shells, which opens the door for the run game. And it was kind of similar to what Dallas did to them in week two as well. Um, last week, and the Ravens' run offense has been very mediocre this year. It hasn't been all that great yet. They have they 38. No, maybe in yards, but that means they just run the ball a lot. I'm somehow efficiency here. They have 38 carries for 187 yards against the Chargers. They had six players with a carry. They had five players with a rush of 10 yards or more. Um, and they also had, they just had a great run game in general. Their power run game was a lot of fun. Like Patrick Ricard was incredible last week. They even lined him up at tight end. He had a trade block with the offensive tackle. <laughs> which is pretty sick. And he had a couple really great like second-level blocks and blocks out in space too. Um, and then like the thing about the Bengals, though, is that even when their defense was bad, like it was last year, they still played Lamar Jackson well in this run game well. Yes. And they were able to bottle him up. They had a good game plan, how to float to the ball, um, how to use their outside linebacker as a, as, a, as, as a leverage point for the overflow linebacker to come in and make plays on the outside after they're able to kind of box runs and like that. And so now here in this game, you have a Bengals defense that is no longer bad. They're fifth in defensive DVA at the moment. They're eighth against the path, fourth against the run. And they have a great defensive line. What's really surprising here is that these young linebackers they've been accumulating in, you know, Gaither Davis and Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, they've been playing very well this year. Uh, They have a good linebacker group too. Um, And so I think it's kind of like, it's it, they're kind of a good matchup for the Ravens in a way from a Bengals perspective. Well, no, and I completely agree with you. And that's actually why I wanted to pick this team. And that's because I feel like this is going to be the game that the Cincinnati Bengals defense will allow me to judge Lamar, where I feel like this is actually going to be a Lamar being able to have to pass because the Bengals are going to be able to play them tough enough to where they're going to be able to stop the run. I just feel like the Bengals have such a solid both sides of the ball going on where the Green Bay Packers game last week, it was just a tough loss. It was just you going up against Aaron Rodgers and you having to do the whole overtime thing. It just happens. But you feel like that something's happening with Cincinnati where Joe Burrow, even though it was a so-so game last week for him, it's still being able to help whenever you have Jamar Chase. And that's all you kind of need whenever you have those two going together and especially against Baltimore, I'm just still not impressed with Baltimore's defense overall. I'm surprised they're able to stop as many teams as they have been. Maybe they just still have that same Baltimore finesse that everybody just keeps talking about. But before the season, I even said, I don't understand the Baltimore Ravens, but they have proven me wrong every single week, it seems. Yeah, I mean, last week against the Chargers, they blitz well off the edge, and they were able to get Herbert to you know, double pump and that sort of thing. And Herbert just missed throws against the blitz last week. Um, he didn't really like reset his feet and deliver throws like strong. He missed open throws and on fourth down, on third down. 
yeah, just like being just putting the ball in the wrong spot, um, which was surprising to see from him too. There's one problem that the Bengals defense has, and they're bad at stopping passes to the deep middle part of the field. Jesse Bates was a pro football focused darling a year ago, and everybody fell in love with him. He's been pretty bad this year. And Von Bell is like a big hard hitter, but you can give him in coverage too. And that's like a spot the Ravens are notoriously good at is throwing the ball to the deep middle part of the field with Hollywood Brown and with uh, Mark Andrews as well too. And so it is kind of a game where you have to expect Lamar Jackson to win through the air and you would expect him to have to win to that deep middle part of the field. The hard part for him though is that his tackles right now have been Macari and Villanueva. And Villanueva is pretty easy to beat at the left-hand side of the line. Um, and Wasu got him a few a few times pretty good in last week's matchup. And so now you have Hendrickson and you have Hubbard out there, and Hendrickson's been you know worth the contract the contract they signed with them completely. And they have a good interior pass rush that came with the pocket too. And so it's like, how well do they keep Lamar Jackson from being Lamar? You know, it's kind of a game that Lamar so wins the deep middle field, and you would kind of think have to like carry this team on his own in this one too. Can I just say I don't understand how? Uh, Bengals always just get like the cornerbacks or safeties of the Dallas Cowboys. Awuzie has been great. I know, but of course. It's like just Terrence so Newman, the other one. And then Pac-Man Jones. And I think they had one But more. Pac-Man started off with, no, he started with Tennessee. I think he still has the record for most balls caught on the punt return. I think it was like five at once. Either way, I just feel like exactly what you're saying. This is where I want to be able to judge Lamar because I feel like we have a divisional game here. Lamar and then being able to take advantage against a Chargers team that just didn't seem like they wanted to play. It just it caught me off guard. Maybe Baltimore is this dominant team, but this will actually show me more. Because if they are this dominant against the Cincinnati Bengals and Lamar Jackson's able to just destroy them with Andrews, with Hollywood Brown. because Latavius, he, dropped, I think he, he dropped another one last week too. Is Latavius playing, by the way, though? I think so. I thought he was hurt. We'll get ready for Devontae Freeman. <laughs> oh, my God. And if Devontae Freeman tears you up, I'm sorry, then yes. I, he I had nine like... carries for 53 yards against the Chargers last week. You know what I hate to admit right now? I feel like the Baltimore Ravens is two years ago for me, the Kansas City Chiefs, where I kept doubting Patrick Mahomes and kept doubting that team, where I just kept talking smack every single week, and I just kept being laughed at. I feel like Lamar's doing the same thing to me this year, which I'm loving it. I just, I still don't see it, Matt. I just well, don't. They, it's just because they've won three really close games this year. You know? The Detroit one. It's like, did you really, did you really deserve that one? I know well, Justin Tucker. Yeah, had. Detroit, uh, Kansas well, right. City, and Indianapolis. And then they also barely lost to the Raiders, too. And they're one big win. They're one big blowout win because the Chargers at home against a bad uh, team that's bad stopping the run. Um, the Ravens are tied first or plays over 20 yards this year with 34. And their defense also is fifth for the most plays over 20 yards given up. And that kind of opens the door here where you know, Burrow has to hit Jamar Chase deep down the sideline. Yeah. But that's what their offense is built around. And what concerns me about Burrow in this game is that he's had problems against the blitz and he's had problems again throwing to the short middle part of the field. He's thrown a lot of interceptions, those hook defenders. And the Ravens are notoriously good at using zone blitzes at dropping guys that you're not expecting. Um, they have rangy linebackers, even though Josh Bynes is somehow starting for him at the moment, uh, like he did last week and dropped a pick. But that's kind of one spot that gives me concern for the Bengals in this game. It's just Burrow having problems throwing that part of the field against a blitz-heavy defense, against a defense that's good those spots. 
I'm just really praying that Zach Taylor doesn't use a lot of five wide receiver sets and empty formations where Burrow gets destroyed. As long as they don't do those, they're pretty good in pass protection. It's just when they go five wide that he gets crushed. Well, no, and I completely agree where you're going to be. You're going to want to protect Joe Burrow at all costs. And let me ask you this, because this also, maybe you've noticed, maybe you haven't, but I've liked Cincinnati this year. So what I've noticed more than anything, what's going on with him and Tyler Boyd? Is there just no, because isn't Tyler Boyd the middle of the field type of guy? Or shouldn't he be that slant that Burrow's able to rely I mean, on? It's kind yet- of like, it's it's kind of Arizona. They just have so much talent, you know? It it just seems like that he hasn't been able to get involved whatsoever. And he, I don't know. he had a really big, like, week two game. You know, he's had some big games this year. But it's kind, of, it's kind of like Arizona where Hopkins will get five catches and then Kirk gets 12, but then Kirk has none the next week, but A.J. Green has 12. You know, it's kind of like that. But to your point, it just seems like Jamar Chase is so dominant that you would think He's that always going to get his. It, yeah, in a way. You just think, though, that they're going to at least be able to try to do something to protect, like just push him out of the game to where Boyd should have something big. Like this should be something where Burrow's looking at Boyd more than anything else. Because he should be the guy that's going over the middle. Yeah, it's like him and Izoma. Higgins goes down the middle a little bit too, but he's kind of more of a, the other sideline guy. Um, they just have a lot of talent at the pass catching position. And Joe Mixon's right now a second in rushing yards. They have a good outside zone game too. Um, so I'm going to pick first for this one. I'm going to go Cincinnati 30 27. I just what? don't think Baltimore has been dominant this year. I think they've, they haven't blown a team out, they haven't, they've been very beatable throughout the season. And I just like how the Bengals have played this Baltimore Ravens team before defensively, and now they have a really good defense with DJ Reader and Ogan Joby and uh, and Awuzie and Mike Hilton and a good young linebacker group and Hemrickson and Hubbard or Erickson and Hubbard. So I'm gonna go with uh, the Bengals in this one, even though I think this may be kind of a crappy Joe Burrow game. Burrow is the one player who concerns me for the Bengals. Said- Oh my God! It's like you're trying to protect your record against me when it comes to picking games. Who oh, because hell... I'm up one game now. That's all. I think you're up two games. All I know is I feel like this is kind of you're like the Price is Right contestant that bets. I don't even don't know what you're gonna pick. I have no idea what your pick is here. I hinted at it. I said at the beginning I was hinting at it. I'm picking Cincinnati. All right. But I'm picking them a little bit different game. I have them at 28. I have Baltimore at 23. I'm so mad at you. So the line, the line's six and a half here. Not in Cincinnati's favor. No, Ravens' favor. They're yeah. at home. The line's six and a half. Uh, I kind of also see this game, too. It's like the Ravens win this one. The Bengals win theirs at home also. If it was a lower line, if it was like three, I would have gone Baltimore. But Baltimore at six and a half is too juicy. That's, they haven't been beaten by, by seven points, except for the Chargers. Well, I was going to say, I mean, to to what we've talked about, it was too many close games. Seven yeah, points? It's too many. Yeah. It's too, remember, that, remember that guy? It's too damn high from, like, 2010, that meme. When, it, was like the, was... it was the black guy who was running for president. He's like, these taxes are too damn high, and he would just, like, put his arm all the way up here. I think I do know it. You're going to have to send it to me, but for some reason I have a recollection of the hand being raised. Yeah, that's, that's so this line for this one. You need to send it to me. I know um, you have it saved. Um, so the next game here, Chiefs, Titans. The Chiefs on the road, five and a half point favorites. 
I'm going to preface this by saying it feels like the year where every team who's had bad luck against Kansas City is getting their, their licks in this year. Kansas City's lost to Baltimore, Buffalo, and the Chargers, three teams who they've dominated previous seasons. I think it's Tennessee's turn. Like, I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to pick the Titans. I think it's their turn to be able to get their chance to finally beat the Chiefs in. I'm not sold on this one. So, first things first, let's just say this. I'm pretty sure Tennessee may not be throwing the ball at all. I think that Derrick Henry is just going to be running for 300 yards in this game. So, that's automatically going to be happening. So, if Tennessee does – I just feel like even if Tennessee controls the clock, which I think they have, if Kansas City has 10 minutes, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to do it. It's my problem with Kansas City right now, and we've talked about this. You can't turn the ball over. You just can't. And if you turn the ball over once, maybe you can get away with it. They turn it over twice, it's game over. We're done. You might as well just call it. They're just not going to pick that up. Well, so the Chiefs had three turnovers in the first half last week. And they were held, I think, to 13 points. And they had zero turnovers in the second half. They scored 31 total. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing about the Chiefs right now is they're turning the ball over a ton. And you really have to take advantage of it. Like, you know, the Titans are one of those teams that wins games in weird ways. And one of the kind of like the highlights of that is how they're able to win games by creating turnovers like they did last week and getting bizarre stops. Because on a play-by-play, play-by-play basis, this defense isn't very good. What are you talking about? This defense is fine. No, they're not very good. They're not very good at all. And I'm not confident in this. And that's why I feel like with the Tennessee Titans, Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to have his way. There was one play last week where I think it was third and 12. And they rushed four and they kept Allen in the pocket and he couldn't escape. And there's nothing up and down field and throw the ball away. And you're like, that's what they have to do 10 times against Patrick Mahomes next week. And if they can do that 10 times, they're going to win the game. If they do it five times, they have a chance to win the game. If they do it one time, they're probably going to lose the game. So, I, get what you, I get what you're saying about the Lickings and everybody being able to take their shots this year. I just feel like that Kansas City, is every single week it just seems like they're playing so desperate, and I think that's why that's maybe part of it too. But with Tennessee, I'm not sure if they're there. I just feel like they're... I feel like Tennessee's going to go to this game a little confident. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. I think so, too. I, yeah, see, I feel like that they're going to be able to believe that they just have this in the bag where Kansas City somehow is the underdog. And, and I kind of see what you're saying. The The Chiefs right now are leading the NFL with 14 turnovers, 14 giveaways. Uh, Jacksonville's second with 12. They have eight interceptions, six fumbles. Mahomes is leading the NFL with interceptions thrown at the moment. Or no, he's okay. he's only behind Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's first with nine, and then Mahomes with eight. Poor Zach Wilson. He's trying his butt oh, he's off. So the- cute. Oh, Zach Wilson. You go, Glenn Coco. Um, that that interception Mahomes had, where he's like going down to the drop snap and just throws and gets picked off. It's like you did, you've done that so many times and got away with it, and it's like all of his past sins are catching up to him. Well, and the thing with me is, I feel like that Mahomes would be so much of a better quarterback. If he would stop it, and but he's he always would, done it though. I know, and that's the thing. It's like he's that's why he's been the greatest quarterback, you know, all, but, up to this point of his career, you know. But I feel like that he would still be that great of a quarterback. I don't think anything is going to change if you stop doing that and instead 
Just play the Aaron Rodgers game, which is just throw the ball away. Just do that. Stop trying to force a little a flick of the wrist or a behind-the-back pass through the legs over the moon. Just stop. That, uh, just- that no-look interception he threw against the Chargers was my favorite thing of all time. I know it was. <laughs> I know that you're loving the Kansas City fall, which is why since this year began, you're just wanting the collapse. I love it. I, don't I bet they're to- three and three at the moment. Well, I know. And by the way, they've lost, like, again, we're talking about they've lost the best teams in the league, right? Yeah, and they've lost close games, too. Um, yeah. So their defense, one of the things I was talking about is their defense to be bad this year. They allowed 29 points to Cleveland, 36 to Baltimore, 30 to the Chargers, 30 Whoa. to Philly, 38 Whoa. to Buffalo, and then 13 to Washington last week. That's not good. Um, they're 30th in just a sack rate, 28th oh. in points allowed, uh, 30th in net yards and attempt, good 30th in yards per carry, 31st in defensive DVA, 31st run defense DVA, 31st pass defense DVA. This is a bomb two defense at the moment. And it's completely terrible right now. I'm going to stop you. So their defense is leading everything, like worst in every in every stat. And then Patrick Mahomes is leading the league in turnovers. But yet they're three and three. All right, yeah. continue. Yeah, because they can score 31. They're fifth in points scored per game. In a blink of an eye. Yeah. Um. So this week, though, it's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry right now, 162 yeah. attempts, which is first. This is 51 more than the second-place writer in Joe Mixon. So he's probably, even if he sat out for two weeks, he'd still have more rushing attempts than Joe Mixon probably. He has 783 rushing yards through <laughs> through six weeks, which is first. He has 260 more than Nick Chubb at the moment, who's in second place. He has 10 touchdowns, which is first. The second place running back is Ezekiel Elliott with five. He has double the amount of rushing touchdowns as second place running back through six weeks. Should Derrick Henry be the MVP at the moment? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, I'm going to go back to this. And you still did. I, I believe you disagreed with me this year or that year. And I'll bring it up again, which was the J.J. Watt MVP of him doing that, where he was scoring touchdowns. He was doing things that haven't been done since 1960. He was just the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And the moment, Matt, he didn't win the MVP, I've kind of just lost any type of. Well, I'm like not. I'm not asking if he's going to. I'm asking if he should be the MVP. If he should be, yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Because especially with Josh Allen, we've talked about it with him losing against Tennessee, especially because of that loss. Well, and also Derek, Allen's been like a top ten quarterback, but he's been a top five quarterback this year. Yeah, he's been great the last two weeks, but the first four weeks he wasn't. And even with Lamar, in some ways, that he's been great. And I've always said because he lost those guys, he should be considered. I I think the only one that truly could be maybe the same page would be Tom Brady. But other than that, I feel like, yes, you have to give it to Derrick Henry. Because if he continues on this pace, where now that we have the 17th game, man, he's going to get over 2,100 yards. He's going to get over 2,200 yards if he keeps going at the pace that he's on. And that's where I think it becomes ridiculous, not stupid, and we need to start testing this man. Yeah, the hard thing is like everybody was kind of wondering, can he keep up the workload after last year? And he's even gone even higher. It's even higher yes. than it was last year. How do you do that? I don't know. And, I, the, and the frustrating thing for me watching this team too, though, is like, 
I really like Brian Tannehill in the shotgun in four wide receiver sets. I love it. I think he's really good in that facet, and they just don't do it very much at all because of how good Henry's been. But I think that in a way, it's it's good that you like that Tannehill has gotten better with that because that gives me more confidence in the Tennessee offense at the very least so that when playoff time comes, and that's what everyone's going to hold Derrick Henry to. And that's why it's hard for him to be able to have the MVP because whenever it comes to like the playoff moments, it's not the same. It's always just the quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Mm -hmm. And that's what it comes down to. It's just, I would would love a Tennessee Cleveland playoff game. Why? So Tennessee could win. No. So there would be 80 rushing attempts in that game or 65, you know, man, that that game would be actually, that game would go by really quickly. Yeah. It'd be a a two and a half hour game. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think Derek Henry's gonna have 30 carries this game. And he's probably going to have 200 yards rushing. And he's probably going to have three touchdowns. Uh, but I do like Tannehill. I liked what they did with A.J. Brown by putting him in the slot more. You know, Julio left last week again, too. Did you see the helmet catch he had? Wait, the helmet catch? Yeah, yeah. That's wait, the, wait, wait. the greatest Did, catch of all time. <laughs> the one where he then dove and then yeah, he got it. Off the, the guy's yeah. He picked it up. Yes, I did see. That was incredible. Um, but like their tight ends have been good in past, past situations this year. Um, they just don't, they have a lot of weird receivers this year because the Julio thing hasn't worked out so far. He's been dropping passes. He's been hurt. And so I don't know if it's ever going to come together for him this year, but it's still early enough in the year if you're trying to think about long-term. But for this game specifically, I mean, I just think this is a game that Henry can win on his own. It's going to be up to their defense to force turnovers. And Harold Landry's had, you know, eight sacks, I believe, this year. He's had a sack in every game, I believe, this season. It's up to him, Simmons, Autry, and Bud Dupree to have a great game, and their linebackers be able to corral Patrick Mahomes and chase and tackle. They're going to score points. It's just up to, like, can you force three punts? Can you force two turnovers? Um, and that's really going to be kind of the difference in this game, too. I still say, and this is why I say the two turnovers, especially with this game. The two turnovers with the Tennessee Titans, because I agree with you in everything you said about Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry has less than 130 yards, Oh my God, am I so shocked? Oh my God, I, I'm surprised. I don't even know who their backup running back is anymore. Do they have one? Is it the guy from New England? Is it no. James? No, he retired like two years ago. Okay, well then I truly have <laughs> no idea. It's not Batson. I don't think it's Batson. Oh uh, no, they drafted that guy from uh, I think Appalachian State last year. But I don't know if he's healthy. Uh, Evans. Darren, Darrington Evans. But I don't know if he's healthy at all right now. I don't think anybody needs to be healthy. I'm pretty sure Derrick Henry. It, it's so weird watching him run against Buffalo where he broke away for the 70-yarder. Matt, why is it that with him he doesn't look really fast and yet all the guys somehow get slower and further behind him as he is just running through the It doesn't field. make sense. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen because you just don't believe he's that fast. But watching that, it was it was like it was something unfair. It just didn't make sense to me. But he's three TDs all the way. I feel like at least 130. But if Kansas City can stop the turnovers, then Kansas City can win this game. If they do two turnovers with Tennessee is controlling the ball the way they're going to be, in my opinion – there's no way they could win. Yeah, I like that too. I th- I think that's kind of the difference for like anytime you have to beat Kansas City, you have to have turnovers. 
Uh, so Darrington Evans is on injured reserve at the moment. Their Ooh. backup, Darrington Evans, he's their backup. Um, Jeremy McNichols is their second running back. He has seven carries. Derek Henry has 162. Ryan Tannehill second on the team with carries with 19. And Harold Andrew has six and a half sacks, not eight sacks. Um, but all that being said, I one of the things that really upsets me at watching the Chiefs right now, though, you're talking about like Mahomes being conservative and taking the check down. Every time he throws up on the flat, they're like, great job by Patrick. He's really evolving right now. He's really learning the intricacies of the game. Nothing's open. Nothing's open. You know what? I'm going to take what the defense is giving me. Incredible. Can you believe him? Like, yeah, it drives me absolutely insane. Yeah, I, it's a two-yard pass to the flat. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad he's doing a very basic par quarterback play. Thank heavens, you know? It's it's sickening. I'm so tired of it. Matt, they want him to be the next special thing. He and already it, is. You don't have to blow smoke over everything he does. Yes, you do. You have to be able to praise. If the man changes cleats, I'm going to have an entire article over it. If he changes the toilet paper, I'm going to have an entire article over it. Every commercial he is in. And by the way, somehow I also see Baker Mayfield. I don't like that. Baker's a but, good actor, though. But he should be watching film instead. I agree. It's just funny because I agree with what everything you're saying that <laughs> he could do anything wrong, even if he turns up all over. I don't know if that was Patrick's fault. We need to go back here. We need to make sure. I just think that this would have been any a quarterback, but because Patrick is as great as he is, he just somehow got unlucky on this one play. I nothing, agree with Nothing is Patrick's fault. Nothing can ever be Patrick's fault. because I'll never forget Chris time. Collinsworth. It's not a hold at all. And it's like a blatant, they, it's not a holding penalty. Or no, it's a blatant holding penalty, they don't call it. And Chris is like, yeah, Al, I mean, I don't Stop. know. And then the Stop. following play, they have that, um, no, no, what happened? I can't remember. God, I can't remember anymore. I just want to say this, Matt. I want NBC to call up Peyton Manning and uh, What's-His-Face Manning, the other one who was in my Eli. Eli. I want them to call both of them, and I want NBC to be like, all right, guys, we'll pay you whatever you want. You're just going to replace Chris. All right, you're going to replace Al. You're just going to be the two new guys in the booth. Could you imagine what Sunday night football would be then? Or if you want to make me even a put I th- Pat Matt I think it's feet. too much work for him. <laughs> I don't think they want to work that much. No, I'll put it to Matt. After, after this year... The Manning brothers are going to get a gigantic contract from somebody. I mean, I hope they do. I just think the moment they don't want to work that much. No, but the Collinsworth thing was that they called uh, they called a really weak. I mean, I can't remember anymore. They called something against Buffalo, and then they didn't call the following play. Color. I can't remember. There's too much stuff going on. So my pick for this game, I'm going Tennessee 34, Chiefs 33. All right, I'm going with my Chiefs. I got to. I got to These are your Chiefs now after how much I hate them. I know. These are my Chiefs. They have to be. All right, so I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. Let's do some Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, I believe it, with no turnovers. I got them at 35. I have the Tennessee Titans at 31. So you're picking the Titans then. The line's Wait, five and a half. I thought it was three and a half. It's five and a half. Five and a half? Yeah. Oh my god. All right, you know what? We're going to do it. I'm going to do it. 36-30. Okay. 
I want to do it. Oh my god, really? I would never on the this. on the road. They beat one team by more than one score, and that was the Washington what football the team. Hell? That's it. Um, what? what the hell? So the next game here, the Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals. It's oh the da- it's the David Johnson revenge game. Are you ready for it? Are you oh. ready for David Johnson's revenge? It's coming. Two carries, five There's- yards, three catches, 17 yards. Two sacks given up, one fumble. Are you ready for it? Matt, I don't know if you're being serious or not, if I'm ready for this. This is not a David Johnson revenge game. This is yes, a game. It is. This is not a David Johnson revenge game. This, you know what, though? This is usually the trap game. This is usually that type of trap what game. What are you talking about? Arizona's going to come in wanting to take the week off because they've been so good, haven't lost. And you know what? Mills is ready. He's going to come, and he's about to just destroy the Aaron. Do you know what his Twitter handle is? What's his Twitter handle? At Millsians. Like millions, but it's Millsians. Millsians? Yeah. That doesn't even almost make sense. I don't like that at all. Millsians? Yeah. What am I even saying? I hate the way that sounds. What is the matter with your team? Thank God I don't have these problems. So no. the Texans' offensive line right now, Larry Tunsil's <laughs> out, so it's Jaron Christian start left tackle. And guess what? The Colts had two sacks last year. One Whoa. was a blitz against David Johnson. The other was the Forrest Buckner against uh, Tyus Howard. You know how many sacks Jaron Christian gave up? Zero. Hey. The Texans really, really did not miss... Laramie Tunsil at all whatsoever last week. Um, so it's Jaron Christian in for Laramie Tunsil. It's Tyus Howard left guard. They don't have a center anymore because they didn't sign a backup center for this for this year's team. So Justin McCray is their backup guard and their backup center. He's starting at center. Right guard Max Sharping and their right tackle is Charlie Heck. Uh, last week against the Browns, backup defensive line or offensive line, Watt had a really great game. The last two games, Watt has oh, one sack. Oh. Six quarterback hits, two passes defense, and one forced fumble. Um, I think J.J. Watt can have four sacks this game. Oh, my God. I knew this was coming. And this is – I still feel like he took the money, whatever. I'm still going to stick by this. I just agree with you. I think this is a big J.J. Watt game where it's going to be emotional. He's going to start crying. It's going to be like a Tom Brady type deal. But in fact... It sucks they didn't make this game in Houston. Well, yeah. They really, actually, they really blew that one. Well, they would have made some big money. Even Yeah, actually, Houston fans would have been flocking towards the stadium. Could you imagine? They would all be cheering for Watt and Hopkins. Do That's probably know- why they didn't do it. The owner's like, no, we're not doing this. You know how many tribute videos would be playing in the? I don't Houston? think they would have even done that. What? I think instead they would Not just they would have been embarrassed that the whole fan base would be cheering for the Cardinals instead. I think that's uh-huh. why they didn't make it in Houston. Oh yeah, I mean everybody would be showing up with JJ Watt jerseys and DeAndre Hopkins jerseys. But isn't that the cool thing about it? I feel like that'd be a cool thing. They traded Hopkins. They just yeah. said, JJ, you can leave. We're not even going to try to trade you at all because we're afraid you're going to say some bad things about us. Um, but Watt going against Tyus Howard and Max Sharping, 
and Charlie Heck and Jaron Christian. He, I hope he has four sacks. I think he's going to have four sacks. He's going to have two. I'll give you two. I think he's going to have two. Two sacks, eight quarterback hits. Yeah. You know, eight quarterback? No, there's no way he's going to have eight quarterback hits. Nothing's impossible for this one. Um, so the fun thing I, I like we talked about in the preseason this year about Cliff King, Kingsbury and how like, he was close to building a really great offense. They've really done a good, an incredible job like building a really balanced offensive attack where you know, DeAndre Hopkins gets the best cornerback. He gets safety help. And that just leaves a ton of one-versus-one matchups for Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore and A.J. Green. And it is like the Manuel Sanders effect, you know. Like Manuel Sanders is a, a really good wide receiver. He's he's an incredible wide receiver whenever he's going up against the third and fourth and fifth cornerbacks on the team. And you're seeing the same thing with A.J. Green this year and Kirk. But so this is receptions this year. Chase Edmonds leads the team at 26, then Kirk with 26, then Hopkins with 26, then Moore with 24, then Green with 21, and then Max Williams with 16. This is the most balanced passing attack in the NFL right now. So after watching Arizona, here here's the thing. I'm not going to be sold on their passing attack. I, I agree it's the most balanced when it comes to the numbers. I'm really wanting to see the Dallas Cowboys versus the Arizona. And that's just because I want, I feel like these are the two best offenses that I've been able to watch all season where all, all it seems like that he's doing, uh, Kyler, is, oh, nope, Hopkins is doubled. Now I have to go to AJ. Oh, now I have to go to Christian Kirk. He's a one-on-one. Oh, he's going downfield. Oh, look, now they're just single covering Hopkins. Oh, I'm just going to go him. It's just... He has so many weapons to be able to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. I think it's just making his world so much easier. And I do enjoy watching Kyler being able to move out of the pocket because he's so quick about it. And I also like how he protects himself where he immediately goes down. Yeah, it's, he doesn't take bad hits at all. Yes. And, and he and probably runs looks, a four three forty also. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> crazy how quick it was against Minnesota. I think this is where he runs Yeah, from yeah. And I, whenever he, he goes backwards, that's Man, the craziest one. It's like he, he goes into like, a different dimension when he takes a step backwards. I feel like I got tired watching that clip. And if I was a defender having to run after him, I'd be so freaking pissed. I would start throwing things at him, my helmet. Just stop. And I think that's where Kyler's just figured it out, where I just need to buy a little bit of time, and I'm going to find a guy open because I have so many great weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been incredible, and like I love when he throws a touch. I love like the the route combinations they use, like in the screen game for both Edmonds and for Rondale Moore as well too. Um, and then also like just like watching AJ Green go up against a five foot ten like undrafted free agent who's three years in the league and should be on the field at all is hysterical. He just runs vertical routes and just stands over five foot ten guys and makes easy catches. Like he's not fast. He's not Man, like, he just like reached over every time. Yeah, because he's going like, he's going against fourth quarterbacks. It's it, he's in the perfect situation. I'm very happy for him. It was you. It was like me trying to guard you. You just like lifting up like a ball overneath my head, and I'm trying to jump and grab it like it's monkey in the middle crap. Yeah, that's AJ Green out there right now. Um, and defensively, they're second in DVO, DVOA right now. I really love what they did with Buda Baker. I know he's not as much fun. But he's playing deep middle, and they're playing a lot more two-eye shells to take with a deep passing game, and it's worked out really well. Um, Isaiah Simmons has broken out this year, and he's been a lot of fun. Same with Byron Murphy. 
I think a lot of things, he's kind of like Trev, uh, Stephon, not Stephon Diggs, but Trevon Diggs in a way, where he's a real boomer bust player. But Murphy's had a really good year as well, too. And their front four pass rush has been uh, really good, even without Chandler Jones being out last week like he was, too. But yeah, this is a top five offense, a top two defense at the moment. They're the obvious Super Bowl contender in the NFC West at 6-0. and This isn't like a week 6-0. and They're blowing teams out, too. I'm going Arizona 49, Houston 3. What the hell? Or what? The, what? I, I have nothing to say about the Texans. My notes for the Texans are they suck, LOL. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Yeah, I have zero. I, I'll. Okay. So, Mills. Mills. My guy. I don't know what I watched last week. I didn't like it. You you made Carson Wentz and everybody the defense everybody made Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts look like the best team on planet Earth and it's supposed to be a division game where at least there's some type of competition. That, it doesn't work like that. You know what? In my mind, it does because every division matchup should always be competitive. That was just garbage. Yeah, because you you play in the the NFC West is it the loony house. The in the world, I swear to God, Deshaun Watson goes to the well, Giants. The thing about Mills last week was that they ran a very boring offense for him, and that it didn't make any. Is the worst game plan Tim Kelly's had this year. The Colts have a terrible deep pass defense, and they just ran curls, comebacks, quick outs, and screen passes, and none of it worked. It was it was a terrible game plan they had um, in that game, and like Mills threw two bad interceptions. He almost threw a third. Um, he got trapped in the pocket a little bit. He has problems against interior pressure. But I think last week Tim Kelly failed more, failed Mills more than Mills failed the Texans. I think Mills was very good last week. I think he was perfectly fine. But I think the game plan was terrible last week. Yes, I agree completely. I feel like it was more of like a setting up for failure, where it's like, what do you want? What do you want the guy to be able to do here? Yeah, it's kind of like the Carolina one where they were trying to just not get embarrassed and they got embarrassed. Carson Wentz averaged 20 yards at completion last week. Oh, my God. He, had, he completed 11 passes for 227 yards. I just don't like to hear that because Carson Wentz doesn't deserve that after watching him this season. To get to mine, I got the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is going to be a little bit nicer. I got them at 38. I have the Houston Texans at 10. All right, the line's 17 and a half, so you just you have it by 28. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I Imagine that, betting on the Texans in this game. Man, you got to be. What would the line have to be for you to bet on the Texans? I would do 20. It would have to be 27 for me. 27? Good yes. Lord. I could, I could do probably. So 20, I would still think about it, but it would be fun because how do you not? 23, I would feel confident. I wouldn't feel confident at 27. I would feel, I would feel. Because the, the Cardinals are like the Bills, you know? They don't just barely beat teams. They crush teams. Yeah, yeah but Matt, there's a mercy rule, right? No, this is a college football score. They crush teams, well, you know? I know, mercy rule. Mercy rule applies. Yeah, it's CYO baseball. Uh, David Coley would be a great CYO baseball coach. NFL coach, not as much. So the last game we have here, right now, Monday Night Football, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Seahawks at home, four and a half point underdogs. I want to start by talking about Jamal Adams. So against against the Los Angeles Rams, he gave up two touchdowns that game. I'm so tired of watching him rush the passer. I'm just tired. It's of only it. 
it's, used it's not even like fun anymore. Like he's not good at it. He's not very surprising all with it. Um, he had one hit in that Steelers game and made sure everybody saw it. You know, beat his chest around, stood up in the camera, was screaming. He had an interception that he dr- hit him right in the face. Hit him in the face, him in the chest. If he picked that off, the Seahawks would have won that game. Drops it. Um, the Seattle Seahawks trade for Jamal Adams is worse than Larry Tunsil's trade. Okay, hold on, because you're going to have to remind me then. What did they give up for him? Two first round picks. Holy, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's the worst trade I've ever seen in my life, especially because of what they use him for. But also at the same time, I feel like Jamal Adams just kind of lost of what he's supposed to do because of the way that Seattle used him. I think Seattle just broke him. They got a new toy, and then they try to make him do something that he can't do, and they just forced it. No, I don't it. think so at all. I think they put him in a good spot. They put him at strong safety in a cover three defense. I well, just no, think no, Jamal no. Adams isn't. And he's I'm also had about... that groin injury and stuff as well, too. Um, but yeah, using him as a pass rusher last year, maybe yeah. it put some tear on his body. But no, the, So the Jets traded a fourth-round pick. To the, the Jets traded a fourth-round pick to the Seahawks in exchange for Bradley McDougald, a first and third round pick in 2021 and a 2022 first round pick. So you got two firsts and a third for Jamal Adams and Bradley McDougald. That is, that's not going to ever pay off for so, the Seattle Seahawks. So the Jamal, Jamal Adams has in, entered the Tyra Matthew zone. Whoa. No, you know what? I would actually rather have Tyra I would rather Ma- have Tyra Matthew too, but I mean in like the sense of, Everybody look at me. Look at all the things I'm doing while I get while I make a tackle for four yards gets the first down, but I have to celebrate look at, look at it. Me. Look at did you see Matthew miss that wide open blitz sack last week against the Washington? You know what? That made me he, laugh so like Heineke didn't even dodge it. He just like he like just stood there and he missed it. It was hilarious. Uh, did you immediately tweet him? No, he blocked me. What, you should still try. You know what? I'll I will make a new account. You know th- I also understand what's going on right now. All these guys are wearing one eyeliner, one eye black. Is that yeah. is that mean like this is my bad side or something? That's the new I, cool thing. They were they were one eye black. I thought that was like a Michael Jackson thing. Oh, like this the one is glove. Just, yeah, exactly. Or it's like, or like the, yeah. of, the of my cement thing. You have the glove with lotion in it. Keep your hands off for your fiance. That's all you ever need in life. Um, but yeah, I've I've just have grown I, to hate watch Jamal Adams now, though. You're gonna hate watch yeah, Jamal Adams like, right now. Yeah, that's what I've grown to do. I can't stand watching him play. So if he does a good play, though, are you like gonna like hate yourself because you're liking it? No, I mean like it's you watch a movie that's bad and you laugh at it the whole time. It's like watching yeah. Jamal Adams. I watched Bring It On 3, and I think it was the funniest movie I've ever seen, he, and I watched it again. He's the Armageddon of the NFL. I don't know I would go that far at all. Geno Smith, though, I think that he's going to be able to pull this game because I like he, Gino. Me too. Like me He just too. seems like a, a nice guy. you know. Yeah. I mean, he did throw two game-losing Turnovers. He had the interception against the Rams in their, in their game-tying drive attempt, and he had the fumble against the Steelers on their game-winning drive attempt in overtime. I'm going to say this, man. I'm going to say this. As a Dallas Cowboys fan, you know how I feel. You know how I feel. So if he was healthy all season, 
TJ Watt's the best defensive player I've ever seen in my life. Really? Man. I don't think he was that like I think he was good last Man. week, but I don't think he was incredible. Man, it's just every game that he plays. Yeah, he makes a lot of plays. But like last week, but that's what that's just part of playing the edge defender role. Like all of his tackles for a loss last week, he was unblocked. All I know is, did you see him uppercutting the running back at the goal line? (laughs) It's the weirdest thing whenever he made Geno Smith fumble because when you watch it on slow mo, it's he's already winding up his arm. Like, he knows exactly what's going to transpire, and he always goes for it. And again, he's the guy that gave Allen the biggest trouble. I just seem like that TJ is something special, and it's crazy. Yeah, he is. It's crazy. I think, like, I mean, I don't think he was, like, spectacular last week, but he made a bunch of plays, and he, he consistently does, and it helps playing on a really good front seven. It's a combination, though. Well, and I don't think he dominated last week. Well, no, 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 I'm saying that with him, you always have to account for him. And I would still say, yeah, he dominates. I don't He's think so. I would, con- I would consider last week domination. He made Maybe. plays, but he's unblocked on all of those plays, though, last week. And it's like a lot of him like hustling and running back to the ball, that sort of thing. But that's part of it. It's like if you play hard, you can play your way into plays, especially if you're an elite athlete who can you know, run very fast like he does. Um, but they're funny because they, they drafted Devin Bush – Instead of James White, and that hasn't worked out very well at all. Not James White, Devin White. I was gonna say what's his, it, name, what's his name for the Buccaneers? I'm so old and stupid. Devin wait, White. Yeah, I was gonna say you're right about Devin White. Yeah, it's they White. drafted Devin Bush over Devin White, but the Packers drafted Taco Charlton over T.J. Watt, so it kind of works itself out, you know. That Dallas drafted Taco Charles. Yeah, I know. I said and then Dallas drafted Taco over TJ, oh. so it works itself out, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. It's what always makes me happy in life. Um, so the Seahawks offensively, they have a really fun rushing attack. They have a really good inside zone game. They have a really good outside zone game. Alex Collins, the last two games, he's had thirty five carries for hundred forty eight yards and one touchdown. Really yeah, he's been a lot of fun. And, like, he's funny, too, because, like, you think he's gotten, like, seven yards in a but he gets two yards just because of the way he moves and he's so, like, excited to have the football. And there's so many <laughs> limbs going everywhere. You're like, oh, man, he got 12 yards. And it's like, oh, it's second and four. But it looked like a lot more. But the, <laughs> but they have problems pass protecting, though, still. Um, but the Saints have a bomb three pass rush right now. Marcus Davenport's hurt. They had a really good game, you know, week one from – their first round, their first round pick from Houston. I'm blanking on his name at the moment because I'm very old and stupid. But they just haven't had that good of a pass rush so far. But that being said, they still have a top defense because of Demario Davis because they're they have a good run defense and their secondary has been very good. And they have picked off a couple of passes too. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this game is because now we're a little bit midway through the season here. Almost, Matt. What do you think about Jameis? What do you think about what's going on in New Orleans here? Because from inside sources on what I have from New Orleans fans, um, nobody knows how they feel because he does great things one game, and then the next game he just slaps him in the face and says, ha-ha, remember me? So New Orleans fans just seem very kind of back and forth. I want to know what you think. As the biggest Jameis fan I've ever met in my entire life who has written articles about this man, 
What's going on? I feel like you've been avoiding talking about no, this we, team. We argued about him two weeks ago. I just said that uh, he's playing in a, a quick pass offense that he's not as good at doing as Drew Brees because he's not as smart as Drew Brees. But so the Saints right now, they are, I have it here somewhere. They have 12 players with one catch. They have three players with 10 or more catches. And Kamara leads the team in receptions with 15. 15. He's leading the, he's leading the team in receptions with 15. Behind him are Marquez Callaway and Damian Harris as well, too. Um, they're among the worst in the NFL at creating explosive plays for plays over 20 yards. They're last with 10 plays. So they have 10 plays that have gone over 10 yards. So they run this like quick passing ball control offense. And I just don't know if it's like why they're doing it. Is, Sean, is it because they're receiving talent or is it because Sean Payton doesn't trust Jameis? And they're like, Jameis, we're not going to let you do this. Quick, get, it, get the ball out quick, that sort of thing. But it doesn't play to Jameis' strength at all whatsoever. I'm going to agree with you. I, you know why? From what you just brought up, I'll say this. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to say it's the receiving core where I think we're going to be proven wrong is when Michael Thomas comes back. So yeah. the, the moment that he has that weapon where all of a sudden that should be able to easily open up the entire field for Jameis, that's going to be able to prove to us what this offense is going to be. Maybe they're just binding their time. I feel like it is the receiving core is why they're wanting to push back a little bit. But I do agree. This isn't his strength. It just seems like that they're playing safe football, which I thought it would be a little bit more fun from Sean Payton to at least be able to develop more downfield pass, more something to be able to open up somebody. Yeah. But it honestly feels like it's a lot of Camara and or bust. And they really set their their deep passes too. You know, they hit Harrison a deep one. Yeah. They hit Callaway in a deep one. But it's all self. It's all set up off play action. Um, I just think they run the same offense they ran with Drew Brees. They really exactly. haven't taken advantage of James's skill set yet. But that's you the idea. Ch- whenever Michael Thomas comes back, because when you have Thomas back, you have easy short passes for first downs, and then you have everybody else to stretch the team down the sideline with Callaway with Harris's speed too. And so it's it's kind of been that balance and also trying to make sure that Jameis doesn't go full Jameis and, and throw a bad pick. But so Jameis this year, we talked about the three true outcomes with him. And now he had the, the NFL record um, from his performance in, I guess, 2019. This year he has 12 touchdowns, three interceptions, and nine sacks taken. It's not a, he's, like, they really have reeled, reeled him in a whole lot. And he's not the problem with the team at all whatsoever. But they just haven't allowed him to fully, you know, spread his wings just yet. And I think that's kind of why you you hear that. Oh, I don't know how I feel about him because it, he's not really allowed to do much. Yeah, and it's because Jameis always... isn't Jameis yet. It, exactly, which is why what I'm hoping is that when Michael Thomas goes, because I agree, this is just not the offense. And when I came into the season, and you and I talked. I was big on the New Orleans Saints, thinking that they were going to be able to just be the fun team. When Drew Brees was out, oh my God, they were always winning games. They were always running these other plays that nobody expected. It always caught everybody off guard. And now it just seems like, to your point, Drew Brees is gone. I thought you had a different offensive scheme. I thought you were going to change it to be able to just morph it around Jameis or at least allow Jameis to do a little bit of his own magic. 
it's it's just weird because it's setting him well, back. J- Jameis doesn't do magic; he does voodoo. That's that's fair if you want to say that. But right now they're just putting him in a box and like, we just need you to stay in this box. Don't get out of this box. This is unless your safe we tell you you can leave the box. And this is your safe box. You're gonna stay. You cannot throw it further than 15 yards unless I tell no. you can. Only when I tell you can, Jameis. Um, the other good stat I have for Jameis this year, he's averaging 8.8 intended yards in attempt. In Tampa Bay in 2018, it was 10.8. In 2019, it was 10.4. So he's thrown the ball two yards less through the air for every attempt that he has this year too. Like, yeah, like, I mean, they're good. Like, I still think the Saints make the playoffs this year. They're good, but they're just not as much fun as I was expecting them to be. And I'm hoping that Michael Thomas changes that. That's what you would hope for, that it would then be... Again, that's what's going to show me a lot. Man, if they stick with the same stupid offense whenever Michael Thomas comes back, it's going to be... Because it's like you have the dominant running back, you have the dominant receiver, you could just let the quarterback open himself up. Just let Jameis steal the crab legs. Let Jameis stand on tables and scream things. Just let Jameis be Jameis, because with this type of team... You think they could do something and scare people. Well, and they, they are third in defensive DVOA. Their pass rush hasn't been very good. Their offense is, is very average. At least their offensive line's healthy. Um, it sucks that Davenport's hurt right now. Probably their best offensive game, I think, was against Washington where they used Taysom Hill on that quarterback power play that worked very well. Jameis hit, I think, two deep passes in that one, including one to Callaway. Um, so like, there was some chances there for it, but yeah. And like Kamara's not breaking big runs either. It's all four yards, five yards. Like it's efficient. It's grinding, efficient. but even like Kamara's not, uh, not breaking big runs either. And not really being used as like a, as like a deep wide receiver, like he's been previously too. So I still think like in a way, Payton's probably stringing, you know, James along, you know, getting him more comfortable with the offense, getting him used to being the starter, I think the Saints are going to be a much better team in Week 12 than they're at at weeks through Week 6. Um, and I think they're still going to be a playoff team, but I think it's like learning steps. They're going to be a team that we're going to look back on and say, hey, you know, they, had, they didn't have Michael Thomas. They had these problems. They were trying to teach Jameis the offense. They had some defensive injuries. And now look at them. You know, they're going to be a playoff team, and nobody wants to play them, I guess, you know. So for me... Wait, wait, did you pick your score? No, I was also going to say, too, you were, you've been right about the Seahawks' defense so far this year. They haven't been very good. Yeah! Their pass yeah. rush is good, but you can't rush the pass against the Seahawks so the ball's out in 1.5 seconds. Their, Jordan Brooks has been very good in coverage, and they DJ Reed's been pretty good on the outside, but their safety players have been there, and like you can pick on their other cornerbacks, too. I think I would give every prediction I've ever had just for Green Bay to be bad and Aaron Rodgers to be bad. Oh my God, do I hate And hey, Minnesota's three and three. They're hanging oh in there. I just oh, I hate him so freaking much. I would do anything. Oh my god. I would be I wish I could be wrong just so he would lose. Uh so what's your pick for this one? Alright, so for me, Matt. I can't believe in it. So I'm going with myself and some Geno Smith. I think the Seattle Seahawks pull this one out. I can't believe this is the Monday night game. I'm going to puke. But I think that we have the Seattle Seahawks winning. I have them at 27. I have the New Orleans Saints at 22. 
Yeah, I just think it's a it's a bad matchup for New Orleans just because of their inability to rush the passer. You know what I mean? And that's like the way to attack Seattle, but they don't wrestle Wilson. And they're like offense, which, you know, Smith is slants to Metcalf, outrides to Metcalf because he's the only one he can throw the ball to, or like, you know, cute little screens and that sort of thing. And it doesn't really take advantage of the, the Saints' ability to inability to rush the pass right now because nothing's really downfield at all. And so, aside from that, like, I just can't see Gina scoring that many points, especially against this defense that's, you know, been as pretty good as it is. And they are good at stopping the run, too. And so, I'm going New Orleans 20, Seattle 13. You're probably more, you know what? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just, it's Monday night game. They've been weird I, this year so far. Yeah, and that's why I'm kind of, and once I saw where it was, because Seattle, Monday night, I just... I just have a I have a weird thing going on here. I just feel like something's gonna happen. It's October. It's October. Ooh, Ooh scary. It's scary right now. Um, Ooh. So what's your upset pick of the week? Mine's gonna really make you mad. So my upset pick are the New York Giants. <laughs> okay. Are they gonna do it for you this time? They are gonna do it for me. I think it's just too big of a point spread. All right, so my upset pick, the Indianapolis Colts at plus four. They have a really good run defense. Garoppolo's coming back, but I think their run defense is going to be able to limit them some. Um, and, like, I, they can run the ball very well, too. You know, I don't trust Carson Wentz at all whatsoever, but I just like their run defense against San Francisco's offense. I don't – I just don't see it. I just – I can't see it. There's no way. So my, my lock of the week, I'm going the Rams plus 15 against the Detroit Lions. All right. My lock of the week. I've already hinted at it because I hate them. What's the Giants line? It's not plus 15. Yeah, the Giants line is plus 15. No, they're playing, they're, they're playing Carolina. It's not plus 15. Oh, no, no, no. It's not plus It's plus three. Okay, gotcha. I'm going... Uh, my bad. I forgot I mixed up last week. I'm going... The Rams plus fifteen against the Detroit Lions. No, I saw. Okay, so that's a you. I, I think I picked the Lions the other week, though. That's why I wanted to go away from them. But yeah, the New York Giants are plus three. I know that okay. against Carolina. That makes so sense. So I'm playing with them for the upset. My lock. I hate them. My lock. I'm going with the Redskins over the Green Bay Packers. Well, that, that's a that's an underdog game. No, I'm going with the lock. What do you mean? Oh, you're going Green Bay against them. You know what? I would rather go Redskins, but I'm going to go. You know what? No, I want to go Redskins. How is that not my lock? You can't because the Redskins aren't the favorite. I have to choose a favorite? Yeah, that's the lock. You're picking your the favorite who's for sure going to cover. Oh, my God. All right. You know what? I'll do it this way. I'll reverse it for you because this will be fun. My lock is at the Rams cover Detroit. That's my lock. I thought you said it was your upset. No, my upset is the Colts plus four. My lock are the Rams uh, 15-point favorites. God, why do you take everything I want? You know what? You can pick the same thing. No, no, I'm not going to. I can't. You know what? I hate that I'm going to do this. I'll just switch it. Green Bay Packers over Redskins. So you're going Green Bay plus seven and a half. Or negative seven and a half. Yes. All right. I like it. So to recap, 
I have the so to recap, the Ravens are six and a half point favorites. I have Cincy 30, 27. You have Cincy 28, 23. The Chiefs on the road are five and a half point favorites. I have Tennessee 34, 33. You have Kansas City 36, 30. Houston, Arizona. The Cardinals are 17 and a half point favorites. I have Arizona 49 to 3. You have Arizona 38, 10. Saints, Seahawks, Monday Night Football. The Seahawks are four and a half point underdogs at home. I have New Orleans 2013. You have Seattle 27-22. My upset pick is Colts plus four on the road Sunday night football. Your upside pick is the Giants plus three against the Carolina Panthers. Our locks are Rams, 15-point favorites for me. And then for you, Packers, seven-half point favorites. Can't believe I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully I just jinxed him. I picked that one too, though. No, I'm I jinxing. hate well, I hate I hate them. They make me so sad. Oh, the Redskins? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They make me right. so sad. It's it, this poor Heineke. Poor Heineke. Yeah, it's not his fault. It's not. He's done everything. This is what the hell am I even watching for? It's like the old him and, Reds. Him and Ted, him and Teddy are in similar spots, you know. They should be oh. playing for top defenses instead they're playing for below average defenses and now they're having to do more than they should be doing. Are you really doing this right now? Are you, yeah. are you, Oh my God. Heineke's I am been... doing this. I am doing this. Um, the Browns are up 10, seven at the moment. Yeah, I know. All right. And Heineke has been better than Tandy. He hasn't, but good try. So <laughs> until next time, I'm at Weston. Thank you for listening to Bell Red Radio. We'll be back on Sunday night to review Texans Cardinals. We're going to have Steph Stradley on the show to talk about all the miserable things from before and talk about all the miserable things we have to look forward to uh, for the foreseeable future for our Houston Texans. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to be listening first night, baby. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.